The Yuletide TV podcast is hosted by three college friends trying to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. That quest can, at times, be frustrating, which is a nice way of saying that this show contains explicit content. We know that might get us placed on the naughty list, but better us than you. God, is that a Christmas tree? No, it's a Hanukkah bush. That's not a thing. Oh, my Lord. Did you hang stockings by the chimney with care? Not stockings. Hanukkah socks. Ma, we're running out of candy canes. Not candy canes. Peppermint jays. Can I wet your whistle with some Hanukkah? No. Welcome to the Yuletide TV Podcast, the podcast where we try and find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. I'm Chris, and with me as always are my co-hosts, Brian. Hi. <laughs> okay, long pause, long pause. Tip. And John. Hi. No pause. <laughs> and with us for the first time is Jerry Davila from the Totally Rad Christmas Podcast. Hey, hey, what's happening? If you missed our Christmas cooldown episode, you missed our announcement that we're going Christmas year-round now. So our bonus episodes are going to be featuring guests who we're bringing on to share a Christmas episode with us and have us watch and discuss it. And Jerry is kind enough to serve as our guinea pig by being the first guest. We're honored to have him on, and he's gracious enough to have us on his podcast last fall. But Jerry, you've kind of become a rock star when it comes to guesting <laughs> on Christmas podcasts, haven't you? That's what I hear. I don't know if it's how true that is. I think it's really just one podcast that I have repeat, uh, appeared on repeatedly. And like one or two appearances on another, but apparently I'm like everywhere. So, yeah, be excited. Yeah, I, do you have like a bingo card that you're just you're just marking things off? Because that was also part of part of the idea here is that we could just you know give you another another tick mark on getting that card full <laughs> up. Uh, no, no bingo card, but I definitely do have a checklist, and so I can scratch this one off the list. Are you checking that list twice? Not yet. Um, there's a guy that I have that uh, will do that for me. Okay, cool. No, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big beard. He's pretty cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Very, he's a great checker. Yeah. That's what you, that's what you want. In his off season, I hear he works for the IRS. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know about that. You want to make sure you do it twice. You yes. do. That's yes. why the IRS brought him on. <laughs> well, we're officially in February. How's everybody doing since last time we recorded? How have you been doing since, uh, you know, Christmas ended? Everyone everyone in good spirits? Yeah, pretty good, Mike. I mean, it's, uh, it's still winter here, which is nice. And, you know, it's a real mild winter out here in Salt Lake City, right? We don't really get a lot of snow down in the valley, but uh, it's starting to pack on up in the mountain, which is cool. Yeah, when I came back from Denver, Wisconsin had snow, which I found both repugnant and offensive. So I've become, <laughs> I have become soft being in the mountains, <laughs> become as soft as Brian, which is something I never thought was going to happen. And I also got old, which is disheartening. This feels good. This feels right. <laughs> and Jerry, you're based in Texas, so this could be a fun game. What was, what was the high temperature for you today? Well, uh, it's actually been kind of cold today, so the high today was like 27. Oh, wow. That backfired in your face, Chris. <laughs> yeah, wow. I was, I was hoping for Very. some stark contrast. but Yeah, usually, typically around this time, our high is like, I don't know, 50 or 60-something. Um, but yeah, for we got like this crazy cold front. Um, I think Monday, the low is supposed to be like 3. 
which uh, is like the lowest I've ever experienced. So that's kind of, I'm not looking forward to that because I'm, I'm from the South Texas too. So like, we're all about heat and like, you know, if it's 99, it's like, like cool. So uh, <laughs> three <laughs> degrees is a little bit, a little bit too low for me. Okay. Here's how you fix this, Jerry. It's exactly like a hangover. You just have to go outside and drink a beer and then you'll be okay. Okay, I can do that. Okay. <laughs> Does it have to be like a specific kind? Oh, God, no. No, no, no. Okay, cool. Right on. It's what, it's what we call the beer blanket up here in the Northwoods. Get on your beer, get on your, get on your beer jacket. You just, yeah. That's how you go fire hopping in the winters. You just got to make sure you got your beer jacket. Yeah, you don't have the beer jacket. And then, uh, do I have to dress like Hank Hill? That's... This is now a beer jacket fashion podcast, all right? Like picking the right beer jacket's really important because you want good insulation, but you don't want it to be too heavy or bulky. Mm. <laughs> so not like a Dos Equis. <laughs> yes. You're gonna, you're gonna have to go. You're gonna have to go heavier than a Dos Equis. Okay, that's that's what I figured. All right. See, I'm new at this. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we got you. We got you covered. We, that's that's the cool thing about bringing all these Christmas podcasts together from from north to south <laughs> to east to west. Any any tips that people need, we we got them covered. <laughs> Does it does it work if you go outside and drink a margarita? No. Ooh. Well, you'll just have a it actually it's the opposite, which is a great. It's yeah. the opposite. Okay, I got yeah. you. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, let's let's dive in. Jerry brought a great episode with him today. We're talking about a Christmas story from the Goldbergs. It's the tenth episode of the show's third season, and it originally aired on December second, twenty fifteen. It's available on Hulu if you'd like to watch it for yourself. But if you haven't had a chance, here's a little bit of what happened. It's Christmas break in the Goldbergs' house. That means it's time to celebrate Hanukkah. When her kids seem less than enthusiastic about celebrating, though, Beverly sets out to Christmasify the holiday by creating Super Hanukkah. This involves putting up lights and decorations as well as a Hanukkah bush and saving all eight presents to be opened on one morning. Meanwhile, Adam is upset that the time he usually gets to spend with his brother is being interrupted by his brother's new girlfriend. Pop stops by and is appalled by what he sees and sets out to shame his daughter for being so flippant with family traditions. In the end, Beverly comes to her senses and Barry and Adam are able to squash their beef so everyone can enjoy the holiday. So before we get started, Jerry, I thought Maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, why you selected this episode or this series and if it has any special meaning for you. Sure. So um, as you all know, I host Totally Rad Christmas. It's, it's all about you know Christmas in the 80s. And the Goldbergs, is uh, it really hits that like 80s sweet spot where it, it's not really time specific. It just kind of throws a bunch of 80s junk together and, you know, makes like a pretty great show. And ever since it came out, you know, they they do an episode on like Tron and they do an episode on uh, where he's dressed up like Voltron and stuff like that. And like all the stuff from when I was a kid that I really dug. And so um, right away I got into it. This particular episode I loved because they mentioned a couple of things that, that I remembered growing up, like Hanukkah Harry, which was a skit from Saturday Night Live with John Lovitz. That was a super deep cut. I have a, <laughs> I have a, I have an old SNL best of Christmas DVD, and that's on there. And they, I don't think they show that one anymore. No, and they when don't. they do, do what? Christmas best ofs. Why but. not? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's wrong with Hanukkah Harry? What's wrong with John <laughs> Lovitz? It seems like it's fun for the family. He hasn't yeah, done anything bad yet, has he? 
You know, everyone's <laughs> all all obsessed with their dick in a boxes and whatnot at Christmas now, so it's it's unfortunately just faded from favor. What world do you live in, Christ? <laughs> <laughs> There's even one where he uh, he saved Easter, which is a it's kind of a funny. Oh one really? <laughs> yeah, the Easter Bunny comes in. He like got his foot caught in like a trap or something, and so <laughs> so he he has to like help save Easter with like Elijah. <laughs> Oh. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so, but I mean, just everything about it was pretty cool. And then the fact that she just goes like all out trying to transform, you know, Hanukkah into Christmas. It just, uh, it, it just, it always made me laugh when I saw it. So for the last, I don't know, five or six years or something, I've been, uh, I try to watch it when I can. And so it's definitely made my Christmas canon, even though it's, you know, not super Christmassy, but Christmassy enough, I think. Yeah, it was interesting. We kind of uh, stumbled onto a, our really our first uh, Hanukkah episode that we've had a chance to discuss. So that was that was kind of fun to see. I I had some my my girlfriend is Jewish and she's like, okay, I gotta I gotta make sure we we toe the line and uh, you know keep everything <laughs> keep everything uh, board. Co- copacetic here uh, with You're what welcome. we're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's. I think there's a lot of good jumping off points here for this episode. I I do like. I mean, first of all, I, this is not a show I had ever watched before, and and John and Brian, I think we were all kind of in the same boat that this is a show we were maybe aware of but had never seen before. Yeah, I was completely inexperienced with it, but I did like that the lady from Reno Nine One One was in it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will always be stoked for some Wendy in my life. And nice. uh, like Jeff Garland rules. So that was fun for everybody. I was going to say, I, I, I'm in it for Jeff Garland. He's the best to me. <laughs> so so this show actually has a, a little bit of a more personal connection to me just because uh, my brother swears that my mom was, is exactly like Beverly. Now, I don't think she was anywhere near that bad. But uh, <laughs> according to him, she, you know, that's exactly how she was. And but I mean, I see it. There's like like little things here and there where it's like, oh, that's my mom. Oh, that's my dad. And so there's just uh, a whole little, f- you know, familial vibe as well. And then, yeah, you can't go wrong with uh, Jeff Garland. So, <laughs> yeah. And Pat Oswalt doing the, uh, the, the, narration, the voiceover the narration. narration. Yeah. I'll always listen to Pat Oswalt. Well, and I like I like kind of as you were mentioning this it, not having seen the show before, like it was very easy to follow. And even the, I had heard about that. They, they don't do kind of a timestamp. They're not traveling through the eighties. They're kind of amalgamating everything mm-hmm. that happened in the eighties. And Pat Oswalt does a nice job setting that up with, you know, it was 1980 something is, yeah. you know, and that just kind of gets you in the mindset of like, Oh, this is all very loose. And, you know, there's nothing to analyze to, strictly with what they're doing mm-hmm. yeah and it's pretty cool too i mean it's just uh you can basically if you don't specify an exact year then you can just throw whatever you want in an episode so you notice he's got like his revenge of the jedi shirt on yep <laughs> which is a really cool touch because i remember that so you know just little things like that that i, that I really dig and of course there's a Things here and there from like the early '90s that uh, sometimes get thrown in as well. Um, yeah, the next episode auto ran for me, and it was about the Beastie Boys. Yeah, it auto ran. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So they, <laughs> I like that. I was, I was kind of vibing with that episode. I was just like letting it rock. I was like, "This is a good time for me." <laughs> I like that. I like not to jump ahead to the next episode, but they used her uh, their sister's very magnified glasses to get the fish-eyed look for their Beastie Boys video. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I didn't get that far. 
I only got to the start of it. Oh. You know how I be with watching material for the podcast, and that I do it moments beforehand. It's like, yeah, as close to the wire as possible. It's fresh. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not I, that, Jerry. <laughs> thank you. Well, you don't. Thank you. you don't want to be memento with it, you know. So you got to make sure you get it in like right at the wire. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. That would be I'm gonna fun, go though. with that whenever whenever I make Chris mad, I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> Just try and memento me. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna I be his first Mike. tattoo is that he's gonna be his first tattoo is just gonna say it's like John does not watch this to forget to the episode. <laughs> Spoilers for memento. <laughs> well I did like that they had obviously the title of this episode is A Christmas Story and there's a lot of reflection of what happens in that movie but um there's also a fair amount of christmas vacation in here with uh the lights going up and the the tree the mm-hmm. bush i should say bursting into flame um, <laughs> bush. those those were the things i noticed i was you know i'm sure they might have been even trying to throw more stuff at that was at us that was going over my head but they did a nice job of of blending and doing some cool home homages to that stuff did you guys have, like, a specific year where your parents tried, like, really hard for the holidays? Because, like, I remember we had one, and I think it, like, mentally broke my mom into never caring about Christmas. Jesus. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> she just, like, we, like, we hosted, like, family Christmas, and I've said it on the podcast, but my extended family's, like, monstrous. And it was for my dad's side. So it's like, Oof. 15 aunts and uncles, like, and their significant others and children's. And I don't, like, our house wasn't big. And I just, like, remember just the amount of stress and her just being like, I think I'm, like, never doing this again. We're just going to have <laughs> the most toned-down Christmases in the world. Ooh, that's a straight oof right there. <laughs> it's a, it's a big, it was the only time I've ever seen the fine china come out in my life. <laughs> that, then, you, then you know it's serious. That's what yeah. it's, yeah. yeah Where it's just like, these right are there. retired. These will never happen again. <laughs> no, we never really did a, a, a big thing. Um, my grandma's house, that's where it would always be. So we'd go over to my grandma's house, and, like, my mom's the youngest of, like, six uh, sisters. So it was, like, all them plus all their kids. And so, I mean, it was just, like, jam-packed back there, so much so that Christmas had to be done, like, outside just because there was no <laughs> space inside. <laughs> and we could because, you know, it's the valley. It was, like, the low was, like, 70 so, on Christmas yeah, Day. I was gonna say. I think the three of us just recoiled in horror at the thought of spending Christmas outside, and then I had to remember, oh no, dudes from Texas. My mom's <laughs> side's Christmas is at my grandma's, and her family is also very large because northern Wisconsin. And yep. then, <laughs> so like, so you would still go outside just to like get a break from the fact the house from like all the humans in it gets up to like ninety five. <laughs> so you'd have like one beer outside to be like, okay. And go back in. I can brace myself for more humans. <laughs> I think I think the trick, John, to not getting overwhelmed is you just got to do it like we do it, which is you just go hard every year, and then you just anticipate it. <laughs> oh, that that <laughs> Christmas true. goes hard. That Christmas goes hard every year, and it has the important tra- important family Christmas tradition of playing presidents and assholes. Nice. Oh. There you go. <laughs> Like, Isn't that just time. two of the same thing? <laughs> much, yeah, but it's but it's separate, and then you're drunk for the rest of Christmas. <laughs> and then it sounds like John, you get to call your family assholes, <laughs> which, is, which is necessary. You got to get it out sometimes. Every once in a while, yeah. 
That did not no. happen this year. Wear your mask, middle of a pan. <laughs> <laughs> now, John, I know you had a question that you texted Brian and I beforehand, but I thought it'd be good to share on the podcast as it as it relates to this episode and it's uh, you know it, taking its cues from a Christmas story about uh, a certain experiment if yeah. if we've ever done. Yeah. Did you guys ever try to get your like tongue stuck to poles in winter? <laughs> And these two jamokes, disappointingly, never got their tongues stuck to try to do it. And I, I, I remember trying it with my cousin, and we were at, like, my grandpa's house, and he had, like, a stair with, stairs with, like, a metal banister. And maybe I'm, like, memory blending, but I'm pretty Did sure it was Did you lick a Christmas. whole banister? <laughs> we, we licked the banister a lot. Uh, because, it was, like, because it was not really cold enough to, like, get your tongue to stick. I think it has to be, like, well below freezing, <laughs> and it was, like, you know, probably, just, like, Wisconsin doesn't get hyper cold until, like, January, February, February. Yeah. yeah, so, like, we were, it was probably still, like, 35, 40, and we were just, like, out there just, like, licking this banister because we saw a Christmas carol. It's, it's like and that I, like, scene in Elf where he's pulling all the gum from, you oh, know, yeah. off the subway, yeah. but somehow worse. <laughs> did, well, like, so no did you lick like the entire thing well, yeah it was just like, like probably, <laughs> like, probably nope. went at both sides like, no. I think we just kept on trying to get not that square inch thing. next and, right and like we couldn't and it was like cold enough to like stick a little bit and then let go oh, so like yeah. it was like thrilling and I, there's so many people in that family that like someone had to be there seeing it just not choosing not to stop us <laughs> and just I being can... like <laughs> I have this image of you John tongue still on the bandage going it's not working <laughs> pretty, pretty much it was like truly disappointing and then obviously like it gets warmer so you have to move to a different spot of the banister to, to get like the little bit of stick again who made that spot warmer was <laughs> well, it you tongue, or was it another attempty it's it was either me or my cousin man was... <laughs> oh god good times good times <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, this is how you entertain yourself in pre-internet Northwoods was. <laughs> I don't think you had to say pre-internet. I still think it probably stands today. Yeah, I think you're right. I, yeah. I feel like Some I'm not the only person kid. who has this memory in their childhood. Who like, I... much like Barry, was born without the fear gene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember being like so terrified that it would happen. It would never happen down in South Texas, like ever. I think it's frozen like once or something. So, I, but I remember being like terrified that my tongue would get stuck and I would be out there forever. So, <laughs> so I never well, tried. We were just curious if it was a thing that could happen, if we had to really be afraid of it. Well, so off of that, I think part of my fear of doing it is that my mom was a school principal and she would tell me stories of kids who did try it and did get stuck. And mm. I'd be like, oh shit, I should not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to know that other people tried it, that I'm not just the only like psychopath out there. Maybe the only person who licked something trafficked. <laughs> <laughs> trafficked. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure all the kids that Chris's mom knew sanitized their poles before... <laughs> Well, you don't, like, grab the tetherball pole. So, hold on a second. Like, people aren't out there, like, rubbing the, down the so, tetherball pole. So, the incorrect, <laughs> yeah, so you, gotta, so you gotta grab the pole. You don't rub it down before you put your tongue on it, right? No, like, yeah, because it'll be too hot. You gotta, it's gotta be cold to get the tongue stick. Come on, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, saying more, I'm saying it was slightly more sanitary. And, uh, uh, that checks you know out. that I am more of an idiot than 
the tetherball kids. <laughs> that <laughs> that scene where the brothers both get stuck to it though does set up I think one of the greatest like culminating jokes or sly jokes in this episode, which is where at that point when they're both stuck to the pole, Pat and Oswald talks about airing their grievances. And I'm, <laughs> it's just like such a good little yeah. festivist joke of like, oh yeah, metal pole airing yep. of grievances. I've got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> <laughs> the fact we've dodged Festivus for two seasons is more of a shame than the one season of not doing The Simpsons. <laughs> that's what that's why we're gonna do pandering week john <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hit festivus and office and something else <laughs> probably parks and rec to really round the whole experience that sounds that like a good yeah. week yeah yeah we don't do parks and rec anymore yeah we already did that once. oh that's right <laughs> parks and rec made us all sad <laughs> oh that's right <laughs> I do like that this episode, I will say, Jerry, that I was very cautious about this episode as we started because the the Super Hanukkah stuff, I won't say it rubbed me the wrong way, but it was like, it made me very leery of like, okay, where's this going to go? And at a certain point, it was it was walking a very fine line between <laughs> like being cute with all the stuff they were coming up with the replacements for and being annoying where it's like, okay, we get the gag. But uh, I, I will say that once, like, where I started to come around is kind of when the grandpa comes Pops, in yeah. and is admonishing them for doing it. And they're like, candy canes? No, they're Jays. They're Jays. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think the grandpa might have been one of the best parts of the, the episode, if I'm being completely honest. Specifically yeah, he, him on his ukulele. Yeah, and he usually is. I remember he would come out on the, the on Carson, and he would sing songs that were you know just funny songs on, on the, his ukulele, um, or as a banjo, his little um, his little banjo. And, and this dude, I mean, he was just he was always so funny and great. But he's like every episode, man. I mean, he's like the heart of every episode, and he's funny too. He's just like like the episode where the with Double Dare, when uh, he he tries to get Pops to to go on Double Dare with him. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good episode but i mean the grandpa just he he kills it every time man yeah a clear a clear mvp of this episode i remember that guy and i i sh- should have looked up his name but he um i remember him from the forgotten nbc sitcom just shoot me with oh yeah david spade there it he is. Was, david spade he wow. was the magazine editor it's, or whatever it is mm-hmm. george siegel siegel yeah yeah george siegel uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> he was also um, Kirstie Alley's boyfriend. They got her pregnant on Look Who's Talking. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I just I'm just going through his IMDb now, and I saw that. I was like, oh yeah, Look Who's Talking. I remember that movie. <laughs> Another fun part of the podcast that we often get to. Uh... <laughs> Listen, if you wanted someone professional, you wouldn't have asked me to do this, and now you can't replace me. <laughs> <laughs> there's no yeah. backs man no, back. no, no takes no take backs no take backs <laughs> no i keep i keep threatening john and brian and saying that this this guest thing is really just to show that they can be replaced <laughs> <laughs> well apparently i'm in line for uh, one of the elf spots on tis the podcast so i'm uh, I don't know. I might not be here pretty soon. Pretty soon. No. What is that? <laughs> might not be available exactly. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> they just keep threatening Anthony with it. So. <laughs>
I will say, as 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 I believe one of the few people who has actually celebrated Hanukkah on this podcast, that the beginning parts are are somewhat accurate in terms of <laughs> like Hanukkah not being as big of a deal, and you know there not being as much hype around it. Uh, also, mm-hmm. the presents, the the kid's description of the presents being. Now, I will say I thought the kid was a little cruel to call the presents filler. I would call them more functional uh, is, is more the idea behind the Hanukkah presents. But yeah, but then things really start to go off the rails when I did I did like the 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 recurring theme of being not good at family, which I oh, think yeah, is something yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, not a, we, that's not a thing. We can all feel it sometimes. It's it's not a thing, but I think it, it is. It's, it totally it's, is. Yeah. <laughs> It's an ideal holiday theme for an episode yeah. about like figuring out that you're fine at family. You just do it your own way. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. It's what we do here. We're crass for we're crass for forty five minutes, and then we say something nice eventually. Ah, we get there. <laughs> See also our mash episode. Oh god. <laughs> Only if you like to cry. <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> but uh did you guys have any other kind of favorite gags that stood out to you? Was there anything that really gave you a, a good good laugh? I did like that this episode like I did laugh out loud actually at some of the bits in this, which I think is kind of a rare thing these days, especially with sitcoms where a lot of stuff is just like background noise and you're like, "Oh, that's clever and it makes you smile," but like to actually get a a laugh uh, this this episode got a couple from me. I hyper related to like your. I don't I don't have siblings, but my older cousins lived with me, and they were like significantly older. And like when you're ten and you have like a sixteen year old cousin, they are the coolest human in the world. And I just remember how pissy I would be as a little kid if you had like his girlfriend over, and I like, would not get attention. And I was like, no, but like play with so the, me. So this hit home for you. <laughs> Yeah, I just, like, remember that moment, and I was like, God, I was that shithead, wasn't I? <laughs> like, Did you also make subliminally inappropriate <laughs> comments about your cousin's girlfriends? <laughs> Chris, you yeah. know that I'm too dumb. Because you're and sweet. <laughs> you know that I'm too dumb to have <laughs> I liked when, uh, when, you know, um, Adam gives Barry his gift, and it's, you know, like an, uh, an eagle's keychain or whatever it's yeah. official and, and then laney uh her dad works with someone and so she eventually like gets him an actual like jersey an eagle's jersey but it's got uh it's got the signatures <laughs> it's got the signatures of the whole yeah the whole team and it's got his name big tasty on the back as well <laughs> yeah what what was that all about because it was also on his stocking they had a yeah. big tasty stocking. that's yeah that's like what he calls himself that's like his self-given nickname <laughs> like him and his and his crew <laughs> he's like i'm big tasty and so then when they try to do their rap like in that beastie boys thing um, basically, he's like, you know, that's how he starts like all his raps. I'm big, tasty, and you know, whatever, whatever. And <laughs> it's, uh, but it's basically just a, a nickname that he's given himself. The best possible nickname. Big. I love it when you call me big, tasty. <laughs> you always want to. You always want to nickname yourself. You always want control. Or you else can't. you end up. Or else you, you end know. up with an MMA fight name like Buddy Holly because you have glasses and your trainer's mean to you. 
just maybe speaking for experience, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that we have to dive into just this one. <laughs> this seems a little niche. <laughs> it's a little little deep of a guy. Yeah. <laughs> for real. Maybe just oh, personal personal memories, personal anecdotes. I don't know, Brian. Whatever. Right. I respect right. your bits. Can, may, your bits. May, may I introduce my own personal anecdote? I would love for you to. Okay, great. The, I antidote really, or anecdote. Yeah, it was. It, this is my antidote. And um, <laughs> I like the part where we see um, the two brothers uh, playing their game in the basement when really it's oh, just bull, them, bull. Th- just really them throwing shit at each other, <laughs> which is exactly what my brothers, cousins, cousin, and I would do. <laughs> everybody is everybody in the late '90s, early 2000s was like, "We're gonna collect Beanie Babies because these are gonna mean." and have value one day. And then we're like, we're gonna collect Beanie Babies because you can throw them really hard at your brother and it's not gonna hurt too bad. (laughs) Yep. We would have trench warfare. There was just us hucking Beanie Babies. I'm surprised we didn't have more broken shit around our house. (laughs) I play that with my kids. They have these little things called Tsum Tsums from a few years ago, uh, which are kind of Beanie Baby-esque. And uh, so what we'll do is we'll put up like a, a, a sheet like in the middle. And so the kids will be on one side and I'll be on the other. We'll just like start throwing things over. It's me against them. And, you know, I mean, I have to show them who's boss. And so yeah, I usually dominate. Yeah. But <laughs> I imagine you, know. you as an Adam Sandler type in the Billy Madison. Role. <laughs> <laughs> I, the champion, yeah. the universal That's champion fair. of Zumball. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right, you've put your own plaque up on the wall. <laughs> you keep adding your name and the year underneath the plaque and the little gold emblem. <laughs> Dad, oh, when will I ever be champion? Well, when you win. <laughs> <laughs> earn it. You earn this. Yeah. And then eventually you just turn into Ian McShane from Hot Rod. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. That's 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 the machine. line of succession. That's, that's, that's that the is. dream. That's, everybody that's... knows. That's just that's <laughs> how it works. It's what it's what happens when you sign the contract. Everyone knows the risk. Right. You play you play well, Zumball, you might become a character from Hot Rod. You I mean, you just might. <laughs> Arguably yep. one of the best father figures in a cinematic role <laughs> in the Lonely Island universe. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we talked a little bit about Beverly and and the mom, but were you guys more the Goldberg type kids or more the Kremp kids when the holidays rolled around? Oh, big big Goldberg energy. Yeah, Goldberg final answer. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean I think I was more Kremp when the holidays came around because I I loved Christmas, and I know it was just because of the presents. So I would like just try my best to figure out what was in them and all that kind of stuff. But I always wanted to be around everybody because, I mean, there was nothing else to do in, <laughs> you know, at Christmas time. So I needed I needed something to do, man, you know, like you said, pre-internet. So Yeah, that's kind of where I'm coming from, too. I don't even know that I would say I was more like the Crimps, but it's just like I didn't really have a choice. It's like you're a kid. Where else are you going to go? And what else are you going to do? And then by the time you get to, like, the teenage years, it's like, well, now it's tradition. So you're, like, more ingrained yeah, in doing that yeah. sort of thing with the family. 
I just I just think my parents allowed me to be lazy around Christmas so they could be lazy around Christmas. It <laughs> <laughs> is the upside of being an only Smart. child and having Good parents. older parents. Yeah, where there's like I don't whatever, dude. Open these in the morning. Just like don't touch them till Christmas. Oh, you followed the one rule. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. I did it. <laughs> Good work. With that said, still review the podcast or I'll be never home for another Christmas again. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Remember, John, jo- the responsibility rests with you. Yeah. <laughs> Only you can prevent Christmases, not in Wisconsin. <laughs> I did also like the, uh, the, this was maybe more of me reading too much into this episode, but they had the Neil Diamond Christmas and Beverly talks about how Neil, Neil Diamond is, is Jewish and the it is this kind of theme throughout christmas music history where a lot of the most popular christmas songs that we know are written by jewish people like true yeah i know i researched when i was i put together a christmas trivia this past year and was surprised to find that and i know that's been covered on some of the other christmas uh music podcasts that are out there are you referring to the Christmas trivia where you screwed your friends from college out of a victory in favor of your new Madison friends, Chris? Huh. No, I think I that. do remember that as well. That was that was my birthday trivia. That oh. was different. Oh. <laughs> oh. Was Christmas trivia the one where me and Brian shamefully were terrible at it? Might have been. Was yeah. that the one I suggested <laughs> Rob Lowe and it was not Rob Lowe? Yeah. It might have been. It might have been. We had a long argument about if Rob Lowe was in the in the brat pack or not <laughs> that's correct it's like but a two hour now two thinking hour back to it jerry we could have used you i might know a thing or two about that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> me, and, me and brian fought real hard on that one and uh our friendship has barely recovered <laughs> jonathan <laughs> brian <I think. laughs> Fry guy, big papa fry guy. Hold on, the um, guy. it's tradition for John and I when we come to these little battles. I got to roll for initiative. What? <laughs> Ooh, perfect one. <laughs> oh boy. Well, this ep- this episode, maybe this is like when I looked up the inf- like when I did my limited background research, which is I just get confused by things and click around IMDb. I <laughs> produced mostly like documentaries based on Dungeons and Dragons before making the Goldberg. So. Way to be on theme, Brian. Apparently, yeah. you succeeded yeah, yeah. in this goal. You got so reminded of the 80s, you started rolling for initiative. I like, did. We totally... I did. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, like we totally should just play like like a Christmas D&D. <laughs> I, have, I have pitched this to these two on the podcast, so the podcast faithful know about it. And obviously do not care but <laughs> I'm, I'm for it yeah i brought it up to a couple of like chris sisley from uh, christmas time in the city and uh, a couple other guys uh, from podcasts and they were like yes and we just <laughs> never do it <laughs> one of these days we'll do it brian's dming dm dming something right now so maybe i'm currently in the middle of a campaign yes oh my i i i lulled i lulled my party into a trap in which i made them kill innocent civilians <laughs> I, I I I honestly thought you were saying lolled L O L E D and I'm like what'd you what'd you make them laugh so hard about? <laughs> well I had a really good laugh. 
but uh, they were horrified. But you didn't, uh, you, as long as you didn't set fire to the Hanukkah bush, I think you're fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give it time. As long as, as long as you retained the sacred integrity of traditional Super Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> Which was perfect for uh, Janet from Reno 911? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, perfect role for, perfect line for her specifically to bust out this episode. It's Super Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just so weird seeing her play a character that isn't perpetually hungover. <laughs> like, happy to be somewhere. Because I used to, I watched just uh, just an obscene amount of Reno 911. <laughs> that's just very much 13 year old me's jam. So that was all that was going through my mind. Yeah, she's definitely not hungover on the show. She's like uh, I think they even call her like the smother, not not just a mother, but a smother. <laughs> Because she's, like, always all up in their business where, like, the teachers and the principals are, like, scared of her. And, uh, oh, man. Yeah. It's a pretty good show. I like it. <laughs> it was, it was better than you expected. Tell. I, was, I was, like, kind of expecting to go into it and be real not happy with it. Because <laughs> yeah, my bit yeah. on the podcast is I hate everything. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> it's a shtick. Don't take it's, it personally. It's my vibe. But I was, like, this, it, like Chris said, I had, like, moments where i audibly laughed and that's like <laughs> real good for a network sitcom yeah <laughs> pretty happy with that well, i'm glad i didn't pick magnum pi then Dang. oh i think that would have <laughs> been great i think we all none of us would have mind a little tom Selleck action <laughs> <laughs> with a mustache that's like so thick and luscious yeah <laughs> it's like dang dude I can't do that. how do you do that well especially after suffering through all those paramount plus Super Bowl ads where oh, he's yeah. just kind of hanging around. It's like I'd like to get him back in his element. For real. <laughs> like Tom Selleck belongs in Hawaii, guys. What are you doing? <laughs> get him off that mountain. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're kind of trending towards it anyway, but uh, should we head and do some uh, final judgments on this episode? Unless, uh, Jared, I want to make sure that you brought us this episode. Is there anything else we missed that you think we should be chatting about? Oh, man. I think we covered pretty much everything, uh, except, I guess, at the end, where they, where we, they kind of wrap it all up, where Pops gives, you know, um, Bev the locket that was her mom's uh, from her first, you know, Hanukkah. And then, the, you know, when the crimps across the street also just kind of blow Christmas essentially and so then they take him uh, just another parallel to the Christmas story they take him to the Chinese restaurant and right. you know yeah. they're you know they're like it's kind of our thing yep <laughs> and, I will, say, oh, and I will say that is also accurate based on what I know about people celebrating Hanukkah that that my girlfriend that was her family's tradition uh until I had her start coming to celebrate Christmas with me they would do Chinese takeout on 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 Christmas day <laughs> And it's nice. also for divorced fathers. <laughs> yeah. I actually ordered takeout this Christmas because we were, like, waiting for food. And my girlfriend can commit murders whilst hungry. <laughs> <laughs> that, was what was, that was what was open. <laughs> so, you did too, didn't life. you, Brian? Oh, yeah. It was our first Christmas where it was just the in-laws and us. Uh, you know, no extra family or anything like that. So, yeah, we mm -hmm. ordered the hell out of some Chinese so what? A, so so what I'm hearing is you couldn't be bothered to cook for your in-laws. Uh, I plead the fifth. 
We had <laughs> we had like lunch Chinese, Brian. Come on, man. Still gotta cook. Um, yeah, I, think... I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think the other thing that was nice about that end too is that whether it's Hanukkah or Christmas, there was there was a line about you know the the holidays not being about sizzle and pop, uh, and I thought that was just a good overall message to end on, and where you had a, a very extravagant episode be brought back down to earth and and that's always a nice thing to see with these that they kind of are able to hammer that message home mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right well when we start going mm-hmm, it's time to move on <laughs> so uh we are going to our final judgments and we have three ways we rate an episode that comes across our televisions and that is calling it a christmas classic although i'm not sure that we can necessarily call this episode that <laughs> yeah. we might we might need to think about that for a minute uh a pair of socks which means it is a a functional serviceable episode although maybe not in your top tier or a lump of coal which means just all around bad feelings bad vibes Jerry, we can have you start, or we can brainstorm for a minute about. <laughs> I think you did um, Hanukkah classic. You that's what I was going to no, uh, I I I say. I did a real offensive Chanukah. Like, <laughs> yeah. classic. I was going to say it's a heartfelt Hanukkah. Oh. oh. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not bad. It's, yeah, yeah, it's not bad. bad. Mighty okay. Menorah. I don't know. <laughs> <Mighty menorah. laughs> um, a we'll, we'll take we'll, we'll take we'll take the pressure <laughs> off Jerry. So John or Brian, you guys start. <laughs> Show him the way. Show him the way. Uh, man, it's it's probably a heartfelt Hanukkah because it had it had a lot of good nostalgia stuff in it for everyone who's like at least like over, like thirty and over are gonna find stuff to like giggle about. You're at least gonna remember the Festivus bit, and this episode is worth it just for <laughs> that. But like, there's like so little representation for like Hanukkah episodes. So like, I think like just on that token, that is like well done, and maybe it toes the line in a little bit. But at least it's like a Hanukkah episode made by Jewish people that isn't super offensive. <laughs> we'll roll it. We'll roll with it. It certainly was better than Dreidel than Dreidelstein. <laughs> Still disappointed about not being real. I'm gonna give this seven and a half tongues stuck on a pole, which is a good thing. Yeah. Just because, to John's point, you know, uh, uh, to me, what it like came down to was it necessary? I just like that it brought a family together in the end. And to me, that is what the holiday is all about. Awesome. Yeah, I dig that. And podcasting, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Podcasting. Yeah, I'd give it a, I'd I'd give it a heartfelt Hanukkah as well. Um, Like you said, there's not a whole lot out there. And the fact that, I mean, he's Jewish himself kind of, makes all the super Hanukkah stuff uh, palatable. <laughs> you know, he could, you know, it's like, like I'm, you know, I'm Hispanic, so I can say stuff about Hispanics, but that's about it, you know. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say anything about anybody else, but I think that, that kind of makes it, uh, that makes it more palatable. And so uh, that plus the family stuff, plus the, all the, the Christmas story entwined, I think they did a pretty good job of, of making all those storylines really go and, and, uh, and work. So, yeah, I'd give it that. 
Yeah, and I think I'll I'll concur. A heart a heartfelt Hanukkah. I think, again, the, for me the the beginning of the episode was a little rough. Just I don't know. I think you just hear Super Hanukkah and you cringe a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but then you see what they do with it, and it 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 really kind of won me over by the end. So I I think, it, and again for a show I'd never seen before, uh, a really fun kind of experiment and just dipping our toes in. And I think we we found that in our second season when we did our blind pick week as well that there's there's a lot of fun to be had for diving into something without any expectations and just seeing what you take away from it and there was there's some nice stuff to take away from this episode so thank you for having us watch this one jerry sure yeah well thanks for having me on you bet that does it for the goldbergs but jerry do you want to tell people a little bit about your podcast and and where they can find you Sure. Yeah. Um, so my podcast is called Totally Rad Christmas. It's uh, like I said, it's a podcast about Christmas in the '80s. We cover everything, mostly movies and specials, but uh, you know, we'll we'll do uh, books, we'll do uh, music, we do um, fads and toys, especially things like that. Um, just like I say, if it was gnarly during Christmas in the '80s, we got it covered. Um, you can find us on social media: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at uh, Totally Rad Christmas and. Um, at rad christmas on twitter and then i'm pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts that's where we are awesome yeah and you're i i will say i'm gonna plug your instagram again because the toy stuff the toy catalogs you find i don't know where you find that stuff but those (laughs) toy catalogs are always really cool to see little artifacts from from back in the 80s i know you had that um man what was the one you had this year that batman one with the tim burton batman stuff oh yeah was, was really neat to look at Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, there's a couple of places here and there I get my stuff, and um, it's just some of the stuff I actually found around house, and some of it I, I find online. But, uh, yeah, I try to just post fun things, uh, ridiculous things sometimes, and if it makes me laugh and it kind of reminds me of, of Christmas in the 80s, I'll usually post it, stuff like that. But uh, especially the toys, because that was my favorite part. <laughs> it was the toys. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for. That is the best logo in the Christmas game too. Is Jerry's. The the totally <laughs> logo. It's so hard. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, yeah, that was fun. For a while there, I was working on uh, on making a, a Mega Man style Christmas game, like mm. for uh, oh. ROM for like an NES ROM, uh, and then I kind of just ran out of time and just didn't ever finish it. So maybe I'll get back to it. But I still have all the character sprites and stuff, and so I just kind of. I just kind of put them together to make my little logo. That plus uh, Santa, you know, Red Santa playing a guitar was always fun. So. <laughs> Can't go wrong. Real strong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. Come back in March. We'll be having Todd Killian from the Christmas Clatter podcast Ooh. on. He's still trying to find an episode for us to watch. So stay tuned to our Twitter and Instagram at Yuletide TV for that announcement when we have it. Uh, Otherwise, you guys know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back in March with more uh, fun adventures in the land of Christmas podcasting and Christmas TV. Does that sound... I don't... I'm always so bad at doing these sign-offs. This is is the worst part. (laughs) Just, (laughs) you know... I was fine. I think it worked for me. Yeah. Okay, all right. Good stuff, man. Believe in yourself. Thank you. Trust in you. Here we go. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> be bring the it. change you want to be. <laughs> you gotta say ball ball every time though. You gotta, gotta do the ball ball. Yeah. All right. Let's bring it home. 
Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. I've been Chris. I've been Brian. I am John. And I'm Jerry. Thanks for listening. We're glad you're still alive. Sleigh Bell Sounds provided by Michael Koenig from soundbible.com and Joy to the World provided by freexmasmp3.com.